book of Acts is part of the New Testament and describes the early days of the Christian church and the spread of the teachings of Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 19, we encounter a significant event that took place in the city of Ephesus, which was known for its rich history and mystical practices. According to the biblical account, the Apostle Paul had been preaching and performing miracles in Ephesus, which threatened the livelihood of those involved in the occult and magical practices. Many people who practice their magic arts and sorceries were deeply impacted by Paul's teachings and chose to renounce their previous practices. As the newly converted believers turned away from their former practices, they brought together their books and scrolls on magic and sorcery. In Acts chapter 19, verse 19, it is stated, A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. Considering a drachma was a measure of silver roughly equal to a day's pay, this was a significant sacrifice by the people of Ephesus. The burning of the magic scrolls was a symbolic act of repentance and a clear demonstration of the profound impact that the teaching of Christianity had on the people of Ephesus. It signified a complete break from their former lives and a rejection of the dark arts and occult practices they had once embraced. But what were those practices? I'm Mark Kerrigan. Join me as we dive deeper into the mystical practices of witchcraft and magic in the Roman Empire on They Most Certainly didn't teach that at school. The Roman Empire was a melting pot of cultures, beliefs and practices. Amidst this tapestry of diversity, the practices of witchcraft and magic held a significant place. Ephesus, situated in what is now modern-day Turkey, was a bustling metropolis during the Roman era. Known for its grand temple of Artemis, Ephesus was also a hub for magical practices. Ephesus was an incredibly important city when it came to the practice of witchcraft and magic in the Roman Empire. The city was dedicated to the goddess Artemis, who was associated with various magical and occult powers. The Temple of Artemis was the centre of worship and a place where people sought divine assistance through magical rituals. One of the most prevalent forms of magic in Ephesus was the use of spells and charms. These were written or spoken words believed to have mystical powers. People would inscribe spells on tablets or papyrus, invoking the aid of various de deities or supernatural entities. These spells were often used for purposes such as healing, love, protection, or even to harm others. The relationship between the official Roman religion and magical practices was complex. While the Roman Empire was polytheistic and tolerant of different religious practices, there were moments when certain forms of magic were deemed illegal or dangerous. The imperial authorities often associated magic with superstition and sometimes viewed it as a threat to public order or the established religious norms. To understand the forbidden magic of the Roman Empire, we must first recognise the concept of maleficium. Maleficium refers to magic that was intended to cause harm or manipulate individuals against their will. Such practices were considered morally and socially unacceptable, often involving the wrath of both the gods and the authorities. One of the most notorious forms of magic condemned in the Roman Empire was the art of necromancy. Necromancers were believed to have the ability to communicate with the dead, summoning spirits to gain knowledge, predict the future, or even inflict harm. The Romans associated necromancy with the darker forces and considered it a direct threat to the divine order. Engaging in necromantic practices could lead to severe punishment, including exile or even execution. Another dangerous form of magic that was highly restricted was love magic, 
also known as Filtarian or Filtra. Love magic involved the use of potions, charms or spells to manipulate someone's emotions or desires. While love magic may sound harmless or even romantic, the Romans feared its potential for abuse. It was believed that manipulating the will of others in matters of love could have disastrous consequences and disrupt the social fabric of the empire. Consequently, engaging in love magic was strictly prohibited. As we explore forbidden magic in the Roman Empire, we cannot overlook the practice of witches, or strix as they were called. These individuals were accused of possessing supernatural powers and using them to harm others. The Romans believed that witches engaged in acts such as casting curses, causing illness, or even performing sacrificial rituals. Witches were seen as malevolent beings who consorted with the forces of darkness, and their activities were met with significant social and legal repercussions. The belief in witchcraft was deeply ingrained in society. However, Roman authorities initially saw them as a threat to the well-being of individuals and the stability of the empire. Witchcraft was often associated with women, although men were not entirely exempt. Witches were typically identified based on their behaviours and practices. The most common accusation against witches was the use of malevolent magic to harm others. Additionally, they were believed to engage in nocturnal rituals, like secret gatherings known as Sabbaths, when they allegedly consorted with demons. Initially, the Roman authorities viewed witchcraft as a criminal offence, punishable under the laws of the empire. Witches could face severe penalties including exile, fines or death. The Emperor Tiberius, who ruled from 14 to 37 CE, was known for his strong opposition to witchcraft. He enacted laws that allowed for the prosecution and punishment of witches. However, philosophers and intellectuals such as Apuleius and Pliny the Elder wrote about witchcraft and its alleged dangers, questioning the validity of the accusations against them. Over time, the attitude towards witchcraft shifted and it became more entwined with religion. The Romans had a polytheistic belief system and the practices of witchcraft and magic in the Roman Empire, particularly in Ephesus, were deeply intertwined with the daily lives of the people. These practices offered a sense of control, hope and a way to navigate the uncertainties of life. Even though the official stance on magic fluctuated through the empire's history, these beliefs and practices continued to thrive in various forms, leaving an indelible mark on the culture and religious landscape. As the empire embraced Christianity, the perception of witches evolved. They came to be associated with paganism and heresy, often being considered servants of the devil. This religious context further stigmatised witches and led to more persecution. One of the key factors in Christianity's impact on witchcraft was the church's assertion of spiritual authority. The early Christian leaders aimed to establish their religion as the dominant force in the empire. They condemned practices like divination, the invocation of spirits, and the use of amulets and talismans as incompatible with their faith. This vehement opposition made the practice of magic increasingly risky for those who embraced the new faith. Which brings us back to Ephesus. Ephesus was not only a religious centre, but a hub of commerce and cultural exchange. People from various religions and backgrounds flocked to Ephesus, bringing with them their unique magical traditions and beliefs. This influx of ideas and practices made Ephesus a hotbed for the study and dissemination of magical knowledge. It became a place where individuals seeking magical guidance or seeking to learn and master magical arts could find experts and resources. 
The Temple of Artemis in Ephesus was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, and it held great religious significance. Within the temple, priests and priestesses conducted rituals and ceremonies believed to connect the mortal realm with the divine. It was believed that the goddess Artemis herself possessed magical powers, and her temple served as a focal point for those seeking magical assistance. Additionally, the use of amulets and talisman was widespread in Ephesus. These objects were believed to possess protective or magical properties and were worn or carried by individuals seeking their benefits. Some amulets contained inscriptions or symbols associated with specific gods or goddesses, while others were made from natural materials believed to hold intrinsic magical qualities. The arrival of Paul, a fervent preacher of a new faith, sparked an upheaval that reverberated throughout Ephesus. Paul, driven by his unwavering conviction in the message of Jesus Christ, began his mission to spread the teaching of Christianity. He engaged in dialogue with both Jews and Gentiles, seeking to challenge their existing beliefs and introduce a monotheistic faith centred on love, redemption and salvation. The impact of his words on the people of Ephesus was profound, triggering a cascade of reactions that would shape the city's history. Some Ephesians were receptive to Paul's message, finding solace and hope in the promise of Christianity. They were drawn to the notion of a personal relationship with a loving God and the prospect of eternal life. These early converts embraced the teaching, forming a fledgling Christian community in the heart of Ephesus. Their passion and devotion to their newfound faith began to intertwine with the fabric of the city. However, not everyone welcomed Paul's preaching with open arms. Many Ephesians, particularly those deeply entrenched in the established religious practices, viewed Christianity as a direct threat to their beliefs, traditions and the very foundation of their society. The followers of Artemis, in particular, saw Paul's message as challenging the power and influence of the temple and its associated industries, which revolved around the worship of the goddess. The clash between Christianity and the practitioners of magic in Ephesus came to a head when a group of ex-magicians publicly renounced their former practices. In an extraordinary act, they gathered their magical scrolls and burned them in a public display, symbolising their commitment to their newfound faith in Christ. This dramatic event became known as the Bonfire of the Scrolls. The scrolls were likely not only used for personal magical practices, but also for teaching and the dissemination of magical knowledge. Ephesus was a hub of magical activity, attracting practitioners from all over the Roman Empire. The burning of the scrolls in a public square would have sent a powerful message to the city and beyond. The burning of these scrolls caused quite a stir in Ephesus, leading to a backlash from those who were still deeply involved in the occult. This incident triggered a riot in the city, with some people feeling threatened by the rapid spread of Christianity and the impact it was having on their livelihoods. The riot, led by a silversmith named Demetrius, was sparked by concerns that the growing popularity of Christianity would diminish the demand for Artemis idols and threaten their livelihood. Demetrius was a skilled silversmith and a prominent individual in the Artemis idol trade. As the Christian movement began traction in Ephesus through the teachings of the Apostle Paul, Demetrius and his fellow artisans grew increasingly concerned about the potential impact on their livelihoods. They feared that the rising popularity of Christianity would lead to a decline in demand for their idols. The fears and anxieties simmering within the artisan community eventually reached a boiling point, sparking the Ephesian riots. Demetrius rallied his fellow craftsmen, stirring them into a frenzy with his impassioned speeches. Fueled by economic concerns and the deep attachment to their religious traditions, the angry mob surged through the streets demanding action. The rioting Ephesians converged on the city's great theatre, 
a symbol of communal gathering and the civic life. Inside the amphitheatre, the air crackled with tension as shouts and chants filled the air. The crowd, united by their devotion to Artemis and their shared economic anxieties, repeatedly cried out, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. The riot unfolded into a chaotic scene of unrest, with emotions running high and tempers flaring. The mob's anger was not solely directed at Christians, but at anyone perceived as a threat to their beloved goddess and their way of life. Ephesus, usually a city of commerce and cultural exchange, found itself caught up in a maelstrom of fear, rage and uncertainty. While the riot did not bring about the downfall of the Christian movement in Ephesus, it left a lasting impact on the city. The incident shed light on the growing influence of Christianity and the challenges it posed to the existing religious and economic structure of the time. The bonfire of the scrolls in the Ephesian riot sent shockwaves through the magical community of Ephesus, stirring both awe and resentment. It became a symbol of the power of conversion and rejection of the supernatural practices that long held sway in the city. The incident also exemplified the profound impact of Paul's teaching on individuals who had previously devoted their lives to the mystic art. With the spread of Christianity, the religious landscape transformed dramatically. Christianity was a monotheistic faith that proclaimed a belief in a single, all-powerful God. Its teachings rejected polytheism and labelled the practice of magic as idolatrous and contrary to Christian principles. Consequently, the rise of Christianity posed a direct challenge to the practice of witchcraft and magic. Theologians such as Augustine of Hippo and Thomas Aquinas regarded magic as an illicit and demonic practice. The church's teachings explicitly associated witchcraft with Satan and his minions, fueling the fear and persecution of alleged witches and sorcerers. The influence of Christianity also extended to the Roman legal system. Emperor Constantine, after his conversion to Christianity in the 4th century, initiated a series of laws aimed at suppressing magical practices. These laws introduced severe penalties for those found guilty of practicing witchcraft, adding an additional layer of fear and apprehension to the magical community. As the power and reach of Christianity expanded, the practice of witchcraft and magic began to dwindle in the Roman Empire. The conversion of pagan temples into churches, the destruction of sacred groves and shrines, and the active suppression of magical practices all contributed to this decline. However, it is important to note that the remnant of magical arts persisted, abate in secret, even within Christian communities. Folk magic, with its blend of Christian and pagan elements, continued to exist amongst rural populations. Moreover, some Christian leaders recognised the allure of magic and incorporated certain magical rituals and practices into the church's own ceremonies, abate under a Christian veneer. Today, the impact of Christianity on witchcraft and magic in the Roman Empire echoes throughout the centuries. The association of witchcraft with evil and the supernatural continues to resonate in popular culture, even though the practices themselves have significantly evolved. And that brings us to the end of today's episode of They Didn't Teach That at School. Once again, thank you for listening to my ramble through magic and witchcraft in the Roman Empire. Don't forget to tune into my next podcast when we look at 10 historical artefacts that help connect biblical narratives with actual historical sources and events. These artefacts provide valuable insight into the historical context and events described in the Bible. I hope you've enjoyed this dive into ancient history and the quirky details that make it so interesting. Stay curious, keep exploring, and remember, there's always more to learn. I'm Mark Kerrigan. 
See you next time on They Didn't Teach That at School.